Hello and welcome to the Legends of Tabletop podcast. We're getting ready to jump into our second session of our magic playtest for the new core complete that's coming out soon-ish. Um, we played uh, last couple of weeks ago. It is the world of weird, 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 weird. It's fine. I'm going to just kick it over to Todd. We'll let Todd give us a recap and we'll, we'll see what happened last time. Uh, we are playtesting uh, the magic system for Core, and these guys have recently watched all this, what, what is it called, Norsemen? Vikings. The Vikings, okay. So there's all this Viking stuff that worked into the mythology. Now, of course, we're not on Earth. Uh, you're free to make up your own you know, mythology and gods and powers and, and all that kind of thing. So it's really a narrativistic spell system that we're testing here and i almost almost don't care what the setting is right so i so i let these guys come up with something they came up with a bunch of characters that got this viking spin because of the Vikings show they've been watching lately now i'm not familiar with the show so uh i'm spinning it in some weird directions and merging it with some dnd stuff and what happened in the last adventure there is a uh, there is a famous adventurer from the same clan as a uh, as Kurt's character, who's uh, Drake Butteroppen, yeah. So there's this uh, older adventurer, maybe uh, 10, 15 years older than you, PQ Butteroppen. She's well known throughout the region. There are tales of her killing the two-headed dragon of the icy north. There are many legends and songs about her, but she's disappeared. And you guys have decided that it might be your claim to fame to go find her, rescue her, perhaps. Uh, even attain a greater heroic status than the great PQ herself. And so off you go to the, there's sort of a outpost town, the last real civilized stop before you enter the northern wastes. There's a little town called uh, Burble Nook. Was that it? My notes That's are right. wrong. Okay. So off they go to the town of Burble Nook where weird stuff's happening. They meet an innkeeper and his wife, but they're behaving very strangely. They, pop up and down almost like hand puppets and they tell conflicting stories but they say that Peaky was here came by bought some magic items some potions or something and went off into the northern mountains to seek the snargle also known as the snargle snatch you've never heard of any such thing they then recommend that you stop by at the local inn which is called ruby's so you go to ruby's and there's four people sitting in there staring at their drinks not really moving it's early morning too early to be drinking just like the merchant and his wife at the alchemy shop, these people seem like they pop up and say what they're going to say. They, they deliver the line, give you your ale, and then pop back down again. Something really weird about it. Even the people at the table, they like look up at you all at the same time. They regard you for a couple seconds, and they all look down again at the same time. There's something weird going on about this place. And you guys... Uh, I think it was Halfred who first noticed that yeah, all he, these he found were, a like a almost like a fleshy strand or string or something that came from one of the bar patrons and went like around the corner behind the bar. Like an umbilical yeah, cord. Like an umbilical cord. It's kind of pink and fleshy and it, it may be like an inch in diameter, a little bigger than your thumb. Um Today, we would probably refer to it as a hose or a cable. That's the easiest metaphor to go to. But to you guys, I mean, it's clearly made of flesh. 
right? So it, it looks more like, maybe you'd call it a snake or something like that, but it, you know, a pink tendril of some kind attached to the foot of every one of these people. And it goes back down behind the bar to a trap door in the floor. There's a little bit of combat. You guys sever some heads and call the bear goddess. And you get the feeling from both of your deities that you are on the right path. There's something that you need to do. Now, so far, you've gotten the feeling that it's about rescuing Piku. But I will put it to you that that may or may not be what your gods are cheering you on about. Because the thing that's controlling all the people in the town of Burbelnook is really huge. I mean, much larger than a human. And when you die behind the counter, Halford gets grabbed by this tentacle, pulled into the icy water in the latrine at the far end of the cellar. Hopperoppin jumps in and grabs his buddy's leg as they're pulled beneath the cold surface of the water. Drake likewise jumps in and grabs Hop by the leg. So where we left off, sorry to be so long-winded, where we left off, the three of you had just been pulled into icy water by this unknown pink tentacle of a gigantic beast that's got Halfred around the waist with one arm pinned to his side. You've all taken a deep breath. There you go. <laughs> are we still in, are we starting right in action frames? I think we should because you're underwater, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Does it have oh, my okay. left arm pinned? It has my your off arm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So you're still holding. Um, oh, you had a, a torch, and the torch went out, but you're holding it. Uh, I think I dropped it. Okay. I think it I dropped it. It's better to be holding your weapon if that's where you're going with this. Well, so I, I think because I can't manage the the big two handed axe declaration of intent, I want to grab my hand axe off my belt and try to hack at this tendril to like let me go very good idea what are the other guys doing now um it's up to you which hand you're holding on to the ankle of, uh, in front of you with but you could use your other hand to try to do something uh yeah i mean so hotter often has probably dominant hand to grab and hold on to halfred so I'll I'll but what I'll do is kind of try to grab and and pull myself up more closer to like his waist or upper yeah so I can get closer to whatever is holding on to him and hopefully try to like either pry it free or you know okay so you're like climbing up his body and Drake exactly yeah. um you can do nothing that's fine. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to think. No, if I, you know, I think I'm just gonna, I think I'm just gonna take the ride down the water and just kind of see what's happening. I think I'm, I think I actually am gonna do nothing because I'm, I'm curious to see what's ha what happens. Okay, so um, I'm gonna need grace rolls from Halfred and Hawk. Do you have any skills that you think might apply here? Uh, I'm gonna use my weapon axe, I guess. Right? I mean. Uh, yeah, and, okay, so it's kind of like two actions, but one of them is just grabbing the thing. So I'm going to call it challenging, feet of three. Okay. And hot, um, I think it's the same. Yeah, feet of three. That's good. Yeah, I don't have, like, athletics or anything like that, so. I'm just Six on the straight. die, so I got a seven total. 
Ditto. Well, just straight up six on the die. All right. So, Halfred, this is a yes and. You're being pulled at what feels like incredible speed. In in reality, it's you know probably just like 15 or 20 miles an hour, but it's faster than you could swim. And the water is really fucking cold. Now you guys are accustomed to cold, but there's a there's a strange quality to this coldness. It's you guys are skilled in the arts of, of magic and mysticism. I'm not even going to make you roll it. As you get pulled deeper and further, you're being pulled sort of, so I'd say about a 30 degree angle, so a little bit down, but mostly lateral. Uh, the water is getting not only colder, but you're feeling you've pierced some sort of veil. Yeah. You're not in. I don't want to say you're not in the natural world because that's giving you the wrong idea. Let me flip it the other way around. You feel like you have entered an enchanted place. Mm, okay. The water is extremely cold. Halfred, you get a yes and. So you manage to pull the weapon up. You start hacking at the tendril. You do a point of damage, but it's not enough to slay the thing yet. The tendril still has you. Ha, you do succeed in pulling yourself up to Halfred's waist. And you can see this thing is wrapped tightly around him. And you can get a view of it as the water's rushing by. So both of you get an and. Jesse, you, you get a, what'd you roll, five? You got a six. And you're okay. muted. Okay. Yeah, so you both have an and right now. So, I mean, I would like the and to be that it lets me go. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if that's too much, then... Um... Uh, this is actually the second time you've hit it. Because you hit it before you got even came down into the room. It's now it's taken two hits. I'll give you that. It lets you go. Okay, so it kind of like flips and sort of like pulls away. And I guess uh, we sort of float free. And then I, I, you know, next action, I would try to kick to the surface, I guess. But what do you got? At the moment that the thing lets go of him. Now, it's wrapped around him once or twice. So it, it kind of has to unwrap itself. And you've made it up to his waist. So while that's happening, if you wanted to try grabbing it or hacking at it, you could do so. Um, so while Halford breaks free, Hotruffin actually wants to follow it. So if I can, if I can kind of keep it in sight and ride, are we in like a current or something, or is it just like if it, if there's not like a current, you then use like the momentum that we were being pulled to to yeah, try um, to like keep up with it a little bit uh there is a current but it's not super strong okay um, as uh as it begins unraveling uh you begin floating upwards fairly normally and not quite straight but mostly straight up so all right at least can i can i with with the and can i kind of get a general idea of like where if the creature is close to us if it's if it's within kind of swimming distance do you have a survival skill? I have nature and religion. That's oh, nature. Closest I got. Give me a nature roll, please. Nature. And yeah, beautiful. That's going to be four plus one is five. Oh, perfect, perfect. Yes, uh, you can see the direction that the thing is going off in, and what strikes you as strange is that the uh, current is moving uh, in the opposite direction from the way that this thing has been pulling you. Mm -hmm. But the direction that this tendril is going 
The only reason you can see it actually is because there's an unnatural light source mm -hmm. down near the bottom. It's it's too far to see what it is, okay. but you you know enough about light refraction nature and mm -hmm. the way things should appear that you would expect any light source to be coming from above, not from below. Right. There's something up there, and it's glowing, and it's downward, and that's right. where the tendril is coming from. Nice. All right. So then, so like, kind of cinematically, like he's getting pulled, and like Halford breaks free, and he lets go and tries to follow it a little bit, but he like fights against the current slightly, but he'll able he like kind of goes wide eyed and like giddy almost when he sees the thing as he like slows to a soft and then starts floating to the surface. Yeah, you can even dimly make out a sort of a bluish violet glow just for a second. Mm. And now you guys break free. You're up on the surface, gasping for air. You are in an underground cavern. It is like blue and cold, and it's much darker than I'm about to show you. But uh, if you light a torch, or if you have dark vision... <laughs> I have 10 XP to spend. <laughs> Here it is. Okay, now it's deeper than it looks. This is like a, a, a vertical chasm. And you've, you've come up on the you sort of come up on the shore on the right side there. And uh, it's there's no light source coming from above. So this is not what you actually see. But this is the shape of the cavern that you're in. Mm -hmm. And if you were to light a torch, this would be, you see, there's both rock and ice down here. The water is a weird, dirty kind of a color. Uh, you, you wouldn't want to drink it. Okay. Um, I So I'm assuming that uh, hot comes up behind me. So if, if Drake breaks free of the water, then I would pull him up onto the, onto the shore. Okay. So everybody's up on the shore. Is any, is it being hurt? I don't remember. I am down oh. one mite. Okay. Um, I have two healing potions, but I'm, I'm holding on to that for now. <laughs> Matt, yes. I believe in the Great Bear Mother. That's probably a good idea. Do we have a light source? So it depends. I mean, are these like D&D adventuring packs in that we have other torches? Because I think he grabbed a torch from or the if oil you, lamp or something from from the bar if you have anything that we called a pro kit then you probably have you know flint steel tinder rope stuff you could either light relight your torch with or like build a makeshift torch from nope i have the xp to spend i mean i'll i'll spend it to say that we have a pro kit well i think it's yeah that's that's a non-stupid thing, huh? <laughs> right. I mean, we prepared for a journey to the north, right? I mean, so we, you know, even at Wealth Zero would have had the gear appropriate to travel, right? So I assume that. I agree. You know, um, in fact, here's here's a way to do it uh, without even breaking a rule. You can be a character development scene where you realize you need a pro kit and you bought one. <laughs> all right. Um, so it's it's. And while it's you're at it, feel free to throw in any any cultural details. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it, I'm just something simple. So, like after you know, after the townspeople come to us and they offer this like you know big stack of silver and whatever to go and do this, 
Um, and we're like, yeah, sure, let's go do that thing, right? You know, we we go in and we're like getting all strapped up and everything. And uh, you know, Halford just looks over at the other two, like we got all of our big winter, you know, fur coats on, and Halford's got his bear hood up and everything, and says, uh, "We should probably, uh, we should probably take some stuff with us, right? I mean, it's it's far. Uh, that that's a that's a far distance to travel. I mean." We we could live off the land, Hoth. I, I you know I know that you're uh, good with the, the nature things, but um, we should probably take some gear with us, right? Oh uh, yes, yes, because especially the uh, we will need uh, fire in such in order to ward off any of the evil spirits. So yes, definitely. Well, I, I put uh, great stock in the uh, ability of the Great Bear Mother to protect us. Uh, it would seem practical to bring the things that we would need to uh, supply us along the way. Sure. You have a pro kit. It costs you one XP. Sweet. And at that moment, uh, that justifies the next scene in which you're basically sorting out the stuff that it hasn't got too damp and fashioning together another end for your torch. And so now you do have light, and you do see what I'm showing you in the picture, except the light's coming from your torch. And uh, these caverns are like made of ice and is this rock too but you know if you look at the picture there it's you are pretty far below ground is there any solid ground that we could get onto to get out of the water uh yeah you've come up on this little shore on the right but that's not it's not like a sidewalk you know it's not there all of the time if you go around that bend and look down to the right a little ways there's mm-hmm. no more shore. You're going to have to, you know, dip into the river and come back up when you can and back into the right. river again if you felt like following this river. And is this going... This is in the direction... Like in the direction, is this going yeah. upstream? You know? uh, you're looking upstream. Yeah, the current is coming back toward us in this picture. Okay. And the tendril came from up there in the forest, right. somewhere in the distance. All right, so yeah, I'll actually tell them. Uh, I I saw briefly a uh, a a light down below upstream. Uh, it is it is where the, the the beast that grabbed us withdrew to. I believe that is where we are being called to. This is where we will find the monster. Did did you two feel as it drew us along? It felt as if we had passed through our realm into another. Did did you both feel that? Everybody felt that. I don't know if you want to admit it, but everybody felt it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, it definitely feels as though we are not in our realm. Ever since we made it to this crazy town, I felt as if we were in already in a different place. You saw you saw a light ahead. Could, could you tell how far it was? Should we, should we chase it, or should we try to... I, I cannot. I mean, I... Uh, it's it's as if trying to to tell how far away the the sun or the moon or a star or a mountain is. It's uh, not 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 very easy, but I do know it is it is near enough that the monster was able to lash out and and grab us. So it, it cannot be that far away. Boy, that is a lot of words to say yes. <laughs> 
And yet it pulled us all the way from the basement of the of the bar. It it must be a mighty creature indeed to be able to reach so far. Yeah, when uh, when I say this creature is much larger than a human, I really mean immensely large. It's like you may have been dragged for a mile just in, in the last minute. If the creature is as big as we fear that it may be, perhaps there's another way that we can go about this. Our job was to uh, find PQ. Uh, do we believe that she was taken to this realm as well? Oh, quite possibly. If she uh, if she came here, it is uh, most definite that she would not have been able to fight back against this beast. I mean, if we if 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 you had succumbed to its grasp, then no doubt she would have as well. As well. I think that the object of our quest here is not to slay this beast, but to collect PQ and get out with our lives. Well, I don't, I, I don't know uh, necessarily about that, Drake. I mean, uh, imagine the the mighty trophy that this would make. Imagine the 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 great sacrifice to Rollin that we could make of this monster. Everybody, while you're talking, give me psyche rolls. And if you have anything that feels like uh, perception, you can add it. That was uh, six on the die. I got a six. Total. I got a four. Okay, one experience point for everybody. You all, uh, this is actually for entering the new realm is what that point's for. Um, I'm trying to remember to award them on the spot. But you all realize, well, your voices are beginning to get a little bit raised. I, I hear that I heard Hot sort of raise his voice a little in, uh, uh, in countenance to to what Drake was saying, and then in mid-sentence, you stop because you all realize at the same time, you're being pretty loud, and you hear something else in here with you. You can't tell what it is. Something's moving up in the ice, and maybe in the in the corners and crannies of the cave. It could be like insects or little snakes or something. Small movements all around. So it, it's a shot of Halfred, you know, it's tied up on his face and he kind of like brings the torch around. So it creates all that sort of shadow around him and everything. And he holds it further out and we see like these black forms sort of moving. I would like to use the ways of the word to try to communicate with these creatures. Oh, One of my magical more. arts is, is ways of the word. And what do you mean by that? Um, so it's essentially um, like a speaking with animal sort of thing. So the with the mythology that we started to establish that the great bear mother brought humans into existence. They lived in harmony with the other animals. Um, they could all, you know, humans and animals could communicate. But as, you know, the eons passed, the animals forgot, humans forgot, but some people would, you know, were born, you know, every generation who were gifted, you know, able to speak this language. Um, so, so uh, Alfred was one of those people who has this, you know, blessed with this knowledge of the, of the word. All right. And what, 
magical art are we calling this? Do I need to know what the DL is going to be for you? I guess we just well, sort of made that up, huh? Yeah, I think we just completely made that one up because his, his main thing was protecting or defending. And then I, I bought up the, you know, word of the, of the weird... Gotcha. Okay, and once again, apologies to our listening audience, but I did suffer a hard drive crash, and all my notes are gone. We're, we're pretty much winging it tonight. Uh, so, yeah, now I want you to tell me what it looks like when you do it, and what exactly you're attempting, or what you're hoping to accomplish. So I, I think he, he, you know, holds the torch high, right, so that we're all illuminated, and he, you know, and he kind of settles in, right? And he, he turns, you know, within. And then he starts speaking in a language that, that these two don't, have, you know, have maybe never have heard before. Um, and it's it's not low and guttural because they're, you know, he's ass- assuming that maybe like they're insects or something. So it's kind of a sort of a high... You know, almost like a lilting cadence, but almost like with chirps and like chirs underneath. Um, and he's essentially saying, um, you know, he- you know, hello, my, you know, my, uh, I don't know if you would say blind brethren, because they're in a cave, right? So maybe he says, hello, my, my blind brethren. Um, can you, can you tell us where we are? We mean you no harm. Can, you know, can you speak the, the word? Right, and he just you know sort of focuses and projects this intention of you know like friendship and camaraderie and you know trying to set these things at ease. Right, right. Okay, so um, you're trying to beat a four. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Other so two guys, are you, are you just quietly watching while he does this? I'm intrigued, and I'll uh, I have something up my sleeve just in case, <laughs> but. Yeah, Drake yeah. Drake is definitely just sitting to see how they react and then he has also has something up of, up his sleeve if if things don't pan out. All right, John, thank you. Cool. I got a six total. We got four on the die and two for spell casting. Okay, so this is this is gonna be a yes and you might wanna use the and in sort of a sideways way, uh, because this is kind of a, a mystery that I do know more about than you at this moment, just telling you. Um, they do not understand you. They recoil from your attempt. You have a dread sense of whatever you're contacting is seriously wrong, wrong, bad, like demonically wrong. And you stop even trying to communicate it out of fear for your own sanity. And. Uh, <laughs> maybe just a fortunate circumstance. Um, maybe we're able to, you know. So I, so I look at them and I say something isn't right. This, this is not right, and kind of like back us up and put us in cool. an advantageous you know position. What I, have, maybe? I can give you the hand if you want it. Okay, I'm good with that. I suck at that part. <laughs> because you, you, you. Since these, you were grabbed by it. You had a, a, a religious vision when we were back in the inn. Okay, so these little minds are all around you. There's maybe a, a dozen at least that you can sense within the nearby area. Little spots of just like pure 
fucking evil, like upside down, like not from this world, right? But they're all linked as one, the same way as all the people in the village felt to you. Hmm. You get the feeling that these are not 12 separate creatures. They're actually little parts of the same thing that dragged you down in. Oh, so he, he so he tells them that then. Not only is this wrong, but um, these these seem to be part of that. Baby ones. It's it's infecting this whole area. They will not help. You hear slimy little noises, you know, like little wet worms sliding on ice or crawling around. These are these are creatures of Fodden. They are they are of the darkness sent to test us. Uh, Drake is like to stay here with these things is certain death. We must leave at once. Should we not try to dispatch these first before dealing with the larger creature? I'm also wondering, Drake, when you say we must leave at once, which direction are you pointing? Forward or back? <laughs> Uh, probably forward as much as he's probably is regretting it. Drake looks to Halfred and says, "You communicated with them. Do you think that that will be an easy task?" They are they are evil to their core. They've repelled even by the 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 touch of my thought. Then maybe I don't, know if, I don't know if your religion has this in it, but you know. Like I use the word demonic. They're like anti-god or anti-good, whatever yeah, word yeah. you would use. Yeah, dark, dark spirits. Yes. Yeah. If we do not handle these now and they follow us, it would only make a stand against this creature that much worse. And defeating them now will only put us in the favor of the gods. If we run in fear, then... They will look unfavorably upon us as cowards and curse us. Those little noises are coming closer. Okay. You have attracted their attention. So I I look to both of them and I say, and I, I look to the both of them and I say, may I? Please. <laughs> All right. Um, so I am going to try to cause disease. Nah, nice. And the way I'm going to try to do this is I'm going to try to cause... uh, I'm trying to think of the right term to use because I don't know. But I want to do something almost like a... um, I'm thinking leprosy. Well, I'm actually thinking more of a communication thing, like affecting their brain. Since Since they all communicate as one... If I break that communication, then maybe they will be distracted and at a disadvantage. Oh, you wow. give them Alzheimer's. Yeah, that's what I was right, trying yeah. to think of. I was like, <laughs> dementia or, or Alzheimer's or something, you know, where they give them brain worms. Yes. Give the worms worms. <laughs> okay, so what does it look like when you do this stuff? Okay, when I do this, I do. I've talked about this, I think, in the last session we had. So, basically, it looks like he's doing art in the air. And it looks like he has a paintbrush, but this paintbrush is dark in nature. And what it does is it it kind of makes what he thinks is a mind. You know, if it's the, you know, what it looks like, the human brain, if it looks like a fantasy brain, whatever. 
And then uh maybe a glyph, a symbol for the mind. Yeah. And instead of doing something with that art, he actually takes his fake paintbrush that he has that he's using with and he turns it around to the other side and it turns into a point. And he starts stabbing certain parts of this glyph to create the uh-huh. interruption in the parts of the brain. Kind of like a like a voodoo doll, like using pins yes. in a voodoo doll. Yes, That's exactly. Cool. And uh, so Peter five for me. Um, let's see. So with that, that's when you were rolling for this stuff again, I can't remember what am I, what skill am I using or stat With I? you, it's probably psyche. Okay. Okay. All right. Perfect. And then you get an ad for Vitalia. Okay. So I get that plus two on it. That is a six. What was the, so the natural roll was a four? Uh, Four, correct. Okay. Getting into yes and here, I'll counsel you the same way as John. See if you can think of a sort of a sideways way to use your and. Okay. You do succeed in making these things. You, you, the movement around you stops every time Drake makes a stabbing motion, or not every time, but many of the times Drake makes a stabbing motion. You all hear something plop to the ground. Like it hurt it and it fell from its perch or lost its grip on the ice. But it only works for a few of them. And you get the general sense, Drake, that uh, the ones that you can sense nearby, those are just the ones nearby. There may be hundreds of them and you don't have enough power to affect the whole thing. And you get an end. Okay. So, so are you telling me that I feel like there are more, or do you think that I just don't, I just, I know I'm affecting something close, but not Um, further away. I'm telling you that it's kind of like killing individual cells in a, in a body. So you've done damage to it, but they're just like, they're all one thing. Really. It's, they're all just little parts of one big thing. So it's like, you killed a one worm, call it one hit point, but you're talking about it's just part of a big thing that has maybe a hundred hit points. So overall, you, it's just you know it's like a hive mind, it's like an amoeba, mm-hmm. and the little parts are just like split off parts of the big thing. So you can kill them, you haven't really hurt the big thing, and the other minds are still united even though that one mind stopped. Okay. This thing is so big, you know, you get a sense of vastness. Mm-hmm. Like you get a feeling of interdimensional vastness. Okay. So I think for my and then I think I just, I tell Halfred and hot, I think I'd tell, you know, I'm just like, I feel that I feel that this is futile. I feel that we could be here for days, nay weeks, nay week, nay years. And you never know. I feel like we need to find the, the nucleus. We need to find the mother brain. We need to find this thing, and if mm-hmm. and we need to take care of it. Otherwise, we sh- we will fight in vain. Yeah. One XP for John. One for Kurt. Hodrafen will have he he has like his his two axes on his hips, and he like has them about to pull out 
And then he'll like kind of shoot a gl- like over his shoulder glance at Drake and then let go of them and be like, You have not let me stray yet, so I trust you. By the way, you can see one of these things if you hold up a torch, like the, the closest plop. It's uh, it's about the size of a, of a cheap hot dog. It's not as it's not as you know round and regular as a hot dog. It's sort of a random like a like a bird turd or something, but it is pink and about as thick as your thumb and about four or five inches long. Almost um, like a like a giant centipede. Yeah, and it's got reddish pustules in it, and it's clearly dead because whatever Drake did to it. I think I lean down and put the torch to it. <laughs> you know, almost for spite, right? Mm. Like if, if yeah. it's part of this whole thing as, as we're thinking, they're like, oh, well, fuck you too, you know? <laughs> and then and then he just looks back to the other two and says, which way then? Uh, okay, actually, you put the torch to it and you all hear a psychic, soundless scream just like for a second and then it goes up in flames and it's gone so so then instead he turns in the air wiggles <laughs> and he says fire will hurt it these things and then don't he says, like they really don't like they like fire even though they didn't scream when drake killed him mm. but the dead body screamed when you burned it yeah then he says which way and he you know holds the torch up and like illuminates and reflects and you know, reflects off the, the ice. We follow the river up. Let us go then. Very good. And I guess I take the lead because I have a torch. <laughs> and he, he pulls the hand axe. He pulls one of the hand axes because he's got the torch. Then he has the big axe across his back. You guys uh, walk onward for um, maybe as long as an hour. And uh, there is not always a, a convenient shelf on the on the side of the river. You often have to wade into the river, and sometimes it's even deeper than your feet, and you have to swim. It's not easy going, and I'm going to need a grace roll from everybody. Beat a two, just to avoid getting hurt or breaking something. Six, baby. Six. Backstroke. <laughs> the torch nah. in my mouth. <laughs> I have four. <laughs> okay, so... Um, it seems like uh, Hawk and Halfred have actually figured out some sort of convenient methodology, like how to bundle things up so they stay as warm as possible. Passing stuff back and forth, there's only one guy with his hand up above the water surface at a time, and the other guy calling out directions to him. They work out a system. You both get one experience point. Uh, you manage to keep all of your shit dry, which is not easy to do. And you come around a corner. Now, by the way, as you move, you continue hearing these little slithering noises around you. And every once in a while, one of them plops, and you'll see it kind of worm its away from you. They don't like the fire coming within even like 20 feet. They're watching you. You can feel that you're being watched, but they don't want to come too close. As you press forward, they sometimes drop and scurry to get away from the, the flame. Uh, you finally come into a large grotto, big underground lake. Uh, it's difficult to see the other side. You you may be looking at rock on the other side, or it may just be fading into the distance. It's hard to tell, but it's at least uh, 100 meters across. The water's pretty still. This 
seems to have been the source of the the, of the, the river that you've been following. So you've been going at, at a slight uphill. And there is a little bit of bubbling in the center of this lake. Um, do we come through like a, like an arch, you know, not, not a doorway because cause like it's a cave, but like through like a, you know, sort of an arched opening into this big cavern? Come through a very wide arched opening, like as like you could drive a Humvee through it. Mm-hmm. And around the sides of the cavern, you see other little rivulets, some going up and some going down. All right. So question, with the bubbles coming out of the water, are they in a like kind of regular pattern and do they kind of just have like a, a quick burst to them or is it somewhat irregular with like uh, almost like a held bubble before it pops? Uh, it's actually, um, uh, yeah, I misspoke when I said bubbling. Um, okay. what, I meant is, what I meant is movement. Like the water's oh, okay. pretty, the water's fairly still. The current is pretty slow. Oh, um, right. But in the center of this thing, there's there's movement uh, that gotcha. sort of ripples okay. outwards, and it gives you the impression that there's something directly beneath that Sounds that's good. moving. Almost like a secondary, like water's like source or something disturbing the water. Yep. Okay. And it could be water welling up, or it could be a creature, right? I mean, that's we don't know. Right? Like if it's a spring that feeds this whole complex, then it could be water. Right, yeah bubbling out yeah if the water was hot you would naturally assume oh that's the source that's a hot spring right but the water's freezing cold so mm-hmm. what <laughs> cold spring? yeah i mean i think we probably all assume it's the creature but like yeah you know but but it, but that's what it looks like right i mean yeah like a, like well, i was figuring too like uh uh hot often especially like living on the coast and actually another thing probably is used to like mussels and clams and things like that so he he's he knows what like the bubble of like a creature underwater looks like so well a uh, normal creature yeah, actually <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking about your nature skill i won't make you roll it but yes this looks exactly like a creature with multiple fins or legs a large creature moving below the surface um, oh all right yeah well, not right below the surface, but rather deep. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that if, you know, if we're calling the pro kit, you know, like a backpack or, you know, the traveling kit or that sort of thing, um, Halford, you know, wordlessly just kind of stops. He plants one of the torches in the archway because we know those things want to stay away from it. So it kind of blocks that space. And he just starts taking, you know, however many torches would be in the kit and starts lighting them and placing them around the outside in our area. You have six torches in your kit. He lights probably... uh, If there's six total, we have one. He probably lights four more and spaces them out every, you know, 10 to 20 feet to give us illumination and give us protection from this, from these things. Mm-hmm. So that, that'll be my action for the next, you know, couple of minutes. Cause he's using a flint and steel. Well, no, the other one's lit. So he probably just, right. Yeah. Just use yeah, those. Just lights them up. <laughs> so, so for the next minute or two, what is the likelihood that we would have, 
any oil or saltpeter or anything like that that we could use as a you know secondary fuel source. Uh, you probably have, yeah, in your pro kit, you probably got some tinder and some I don't know some kind of oil. Yeah, um, you fashion a small lantern or something like that. Right. Yeah. So I'm thinking. Well, so my thought, see if I can see if I'm going too far with this, is I want to coat the blades of the heads of the axes with some oil so that like time comes I can actually just like put it over put it over a, a torch light it on fire and start and like even if I just get like one swing at this thing with a with a fiery blade and before you know probably go out after that first strike but at least I can get like one strike in if okay. necessary. Yeah that's cool. I don't I don't know what to call that but that's a cool invention right there. <laughs> Burning axe. <laughs> what's uh, what's Drake up to? Uh, okay. Well, then I will do something. I I felt like my character was kind of I don't know SOL at this situation, but I think what I'm gonna <laughs> do is I think I'm gonna try to cast diagnosis in the middle of this spring or whatever it is, and I'm just gonna see if. If this is the being, I'd be able to tell it what it or what kind of health it had. Like if it, you know, because we've done some things around it. So we've like kind of, you know, done some things to its like tentacle pals or whatever. And we've done it to the little things like I, I think this is a good way to like and I can't remember what it is. But like in Final Fantasy, you can actually cast a spell where you can be like. This is their this is how much health they are and this is what they're immune to and this is their weak strengths and weaknesses. You know, I want to do you know, it, it doesn't have to be that morose if you don't want it to be, but I just want to know where it's at. Go ahead and uh okay, so this is a psyche roll plus Natalia. Mm-hmm. Uh, roll as high as you can. Okay. Let's let's see what happens. Ooh, okay. is this a gradient roll. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So with the with the Vitalia Vitalia, did we decide that was a plus two, right? I think so. Okay, just want to make sure. I want to make sure because I know I said that last time, but it was a plus like, two or a plus three. I don't remember yeah. how you made your character. Yeah, I think it was a plus. Oh wait, you're right. It's plus three. Ha ha. Yeah, I thought it was. Shoot. I thought it was yeah, more. Screwed up. So my last one, I had one more than even that. Okay. Oh wow. <laughs> so technically, this is an eight with a five as my roll. Nice. Okay, you just barely want to touch this thing with your mind. Uh, you just want to graze it. It's it's so revolting that you kind of have to psych yourself up to even do it. Yeah, I think it's from like, I think from trying to find out with those little guys that I know that I I have to be wary of what I'm doing. Yeah, it's like it's like touching the grossest thing you can imagine, but you're doing it with your mind, mm-hmm. and um, so you just want to you just want to graze it and and get as much info as you can and then back off. What you get is that it is not very hurt, but you know what? It's very agitated. It's very angry. And you get an experience point. Okay. So he, ca- he like, in a weird, like, uh, uncharacteristic moment, he kind of laughs a little harder than he would normally laugh because he's kind of like this, you know, life and death, you know, you know, being on this earth is just kind of like, you know, uh, 
an eternal joke kind of thing. And he just kind of like, he laughs not for Halfred and Hot's sake, but he does it more to kind of get under the skin of this being. And it's just like, oh. <laughs> we've made it mad. Isn't that true? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And yeah, I think Hot Raphael actually turned to Halford at that point uh, with like a grin and says, look at that, brother. I believe that we have finally dragged Drake to our side. The bloodlust has finally overcome him. <laughs> and uh, Drake turns to Hot and he says, you know, do you know what the funniest thing is? Is that this being is of a massive proportions and it is mad at us. Can you believe it? Uh, just imagine how much blood it will spill to quench the thirst of Litna then. So I, I think I think Halford probably, you know, pulls the large axe and he begins to chant uh, a prayer to the great bear mother, almost almost singing, um, you know, like a like a like a battle song, but a song of praise. And he wants to. Um, we, we talked about this in email, um, and I don't, well, no, maybe we could probably just use protection. I guess we'll just do protection then. He wants to, um, he, he beseeches the great bear mother to protect them for this upcoming battle. And he's just, you know, he's got the ax out. He's kind of like hopping from foot to foot. Like he's getting, you know, he's bringing up the bloodlust and he wants, um, you know, he he beseeches her to uh, to offer her protection, so that they may um, so so that they may uh, do uh, do her work and bring honor, you know, um, unto her name, sort of thing. So I would like a protection for all three of us. Um, I guess that, I guess at a plus one. Otherwise, it gets crazy, right? Like I don't know that I can hit it. <laughs> Okay, so you're, you're shooting for a plus one. This will be... I'm going to do a gradiated one again, actually. Just uh, just go ahead and roll as high as you can. Let me know what you get. Oh, I'm, that's going to be an eight! <laughs> I'm starting to think that narrative magic, or maybe certain types of narrative magic, actually work better on a gradiated basis. That way you don't have to say plus one. Uh, we can just kind of go with the fiction. So your total was what? I'm sorry? I got an eight total. Oh, that's quite good. I, I actually have an and if you'll give it to me. <laughs> yeah, you do might have. be breaking it. Well, I don't know. Well, it's, no, it's not that kind of roll. I guess it doesn't matter. Okay, well, the other guys sit there quietly as Halford performs his ritual. What does it look like when you perform your ritual? Like I said, he, he's got the axe out. He's He's got the bear hood up. And he's, you know, kind of like, you know, he's not hopping from foot to foot, but like he's, you know, he's, he's active, right? Like he's chanting, he's singing, he's loud, right? Like he's not trying to hide the fact that, that we're here, you know, I'm not going to sing an old Norse, but like, you know, that sort of thing where he's like, you know, really getting into it. He's getting louder and he's kind of, you know, kind of move, you know, like he's getting himself ready. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's kind of like hopping around and. Uh, All right, so this is sort of like a a war dance kind of a ritual. Kind of, I guess, sort of, sort of, kind of. Shouting and calling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
as he does that, uh, you guys, the, the room begins, the cavern uh, begins getting darker and darker until all you can really see is the silhouette of Halfred jumping around, backlit by an almost invisible blue light comes from the bottom of the center of this lake. It's the same light that Hawthorne saw earlier. So the thing itself is emitting this blue light, which you're getting a sense that is like the magical feeling, the essence, the veil that you pierced when you were dragged down into this realm. It's symbolized by that blue light. It's It may not be the creature itself, but rather the magical essence of whatever of whatever it is or whatever brought it here. It's antithetical to all natural life on Earth. But the cavern has grown completely dark. There's no sounds except Halfred's voice. And then you begin to see stars appearing on the in the in the ice ceiling of this cavern. Little pinpoints of light one by one by one. And you're starting to form a picture of the night sky, almost as though you're looking up through a mile of earth and topsoil to see the stars of the night sky. Does it match our sky? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Nice. The figure of a great bear forms itself among the constellations. You feel her energy radiating in white clouds off of her body. It comes down and envelops all of you. The blue Alfred thing. Alfred starts the- screaming. <laughs> <laughs> like howling almost. This is like, you know, um, you know, like in the Lion King when uh when the father's head appears mm-hmm. in the clouds. It's like that. It just sort of like fades into visibility, and you feel just this tremendous power rating it off of it. All of you have a plus two for the next little while. And you feel it's it's there for uh, less than a minute, but it's long enough for you to feel that you're on the right path, that she wants you to keep doing what you're doing. Now, the blue light in the center of the lake actually sort of dilutes and dies down while this presence is with you. And as the illusion fades and the darkness again comes back to you know the bluish glint of the occasional torchlight off ice you're back in the normal ice cave again and the image is gone um but so is the blue thing halford's like crazy eyed (laughs) like he turns to the other two and he says she is with us we must destroy it (laughs) <laughs> and that was an experience point for you too. Yeah, and Hadrafen, when he saw kind of like the light dim as it's emerged and then slowly come back, he'd be like, Do not fear, beast. Do not fear your death. It will be a grand one that will be sung in the halls. <laughs> all right, I need to refill this coffee. You guys can think for a minute. As all this happens, like Drake kind of looks at at Halfred and hot and actually smiles and he says for a being as myself that does not feel much cold I feel the warmth of the mother bear around me she supports us she she is with us she will help us prevail against this this thing whatever it is we must strike now 
And he's like, again, just eyes blazing, full hood up. You know, he's huge. He looks like a big fucking bear in the darkness with the torch flickering. You know. Drake, do you think that you would be able to entice it enough to, to anchor it enough that it can its surface, blind it to its own protections so that we can face it? Trying to think of how would how Drake would do that. Okay, so I'm gonna try something. Maybe it'll work. I think what I want to do is I want to try to focus on that blue light that's down there, and I want to try to cast cause disease again. But this time, I want to cause like fever. I want because because everything is so blue and so cold here. I want to see if I can just make it not like somebody taking a fireball and throwing at them but like an actual fever where you feel it like all through in your body into your bones that kind of thing you wanted to get hot I wanted to get very hot mm-hmm. alright this is a Vitalia roll you've got your plus three let's just roll as high as we can this thing is so huge it's like you, know, you, you can't do serious harm to it which is one spell, but you can maybe piss it off and learn something. Okay, so with also with the mother ba- bears plus two, does that give me a plus five? It's no, it's the, an armor thing. It's like that a, is a oh, it's an armor deep, thing. Okay, protection thing. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, that is a uh, seven total. And what's it look like when you're doing this? How do you do it? I think what I'm gonna what would happen this time is same kind of thing again. I think I like the whole like him as an artist kind of thing. So like he this time he and the CGI. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Except for this time, it's like he's doing finger painting. So like instead of like using a paintbrush, he like like kind of almost like licks a finger, dips it in like. In, like invisible ink and then starts drawing the outline of what he thinks might uh, the creature might look like because he's kind of he hasn't quite seen it but he can kind of feel like he can see it in his mind's eye it's and a blob kinda, with lots of tentacles coming off it there you go so he you know so he does that and then what he does is he actually takes his hand and he takes it in kind of like a almost like a circle and he starts blotting out certain parts of it to make it look like it's like boils of hot heat. And then once those circles kind of show up, he kind of takes his hands and he kind of goes like this. And it makes those bigger holes turn into smaller holes, almost like it's hot disease just kind of flaking out into the hole. The vision forms. Uh, the glyphs are holding. You see the dark spots in it. And then you try to break them up into smaller spots. The problem is they sort of get filled in. It's sort of the big ones break into smaller ones. Instead of spreading the way that you want, they just sort of get filled in almost like it's a liquid. It's just sort of running in to fill the holes that you're creating almost as fast as you're creating them. You get the sense that you're hurting it, but you're you're not freaking it out the way that like actual fire did. Okay. Um, it's able to heal pretty quickly. So you're harming it, but it's healing, and you're harming it more, and it's healing. It's a little bit behind you, but, you know, 
Gotcha. You're not doing anything permanent, is what I'm saying. You're hurting it, you're pissing it off, but you're not doing anything permanent. Okay. And it's not shrieking like it did when it touched real fire. Okay. I think what we're trying to do is get it to surface. Yeah. Like, piss yeah. it off enough so that it it gets aggravated and stops yeah. thinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I mean, think what you I, don't see it anymore. You're you're envisioning it in your mind's eye. Right. But the blue, but the blue light's gone. You're the only light left is the torchlight. Okay. Ever since the bear appeared, uh, the blue light had faded and it hasn't come back. Okay. So once that happens, Drake looks at Halfred and Hot and says, "I don't." think that what I am able to do will help. Physical fire is what it really needs. And I'm not sure if I can help. One experience point for you, Drake, and you get an and. Okay. Um, my and is going to be that I realized that <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Done. Uh, I realized that back with those little things back before in the cave that they responded to us being loud and kind of awaking what's happening. Cause I think they feel like it, whatever it is, it has a very chill kind of like, Oh, we're in a cavern. Nobody, nobody interrupts me kind of thing. So Drake, uh, um, uncharacteristically again, just starts to scream. Oh, retract foul beast. Is that, all you are meant to do. It's interesting. Something as big as you is, is uh, scared as something as small as I and my friends. And he just like tries to scream in the loudest voice he can get. And he just says, if you are the strong beast, you say you are, then you will show yourselves coward. Alfred's getting real fucking antsy. <laughs> His <laughs> eyes are darting around like he's waiting for something to happen. I think I think Halford probably grabs one of the torches and starts if if there's, you know, like a you know, a ledge or whatever all the way around, he grabs one of the torches and starts running around the side to see whether or not there's another exit or you know, another, you know, what's the other way? I think that's a great idea for you to look around the, the outer perimeter of this cavern a bit. Cause I mentioned there are some other hallways or cavern passages leading off in different directions. Some with water coming down into this pool, others with water trickling uh, down from it. But there are actually a couple with no water at all. Just like kind of a, a dry, crack in the rocks it seems to be a hall or a, a crevice that you, you could go back quite a ways some of these are shallow water some of them are like running out at a firmly rapid rate there's sort of an equilibrium here so you've got a couple of streams being in and a couple of streams feeding out but you do see a couple of crosses where it's dry perhaps negotiable on foot maybe even leads to the surface this podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.